welcome to the Life Pro Podcast, where today I have the pleasure of having Emily Todd, who is a personal freedom and business coach. Today's topic is analysis paralysis, which I'm a victim of so many times every day of my life. So I'm excited to combat this paralysis. Uh, before we get into our topic today, Emily, how are you? I am so excited to be here. So, so excited. Thank you for having me. Likewise, why don't you start out and tell us a little bit about your journey? I know you've had uh, uh, exceptional last few years, but tell us about your whole life. <laughs> the last few years have definitely been the best. It's been me aligning with what I really desire to do in life, coach and support women to, I mean, ultimately follow their dreams. Uh, but before that, I spent almost 15 years in the hustle and grind world of tech and startups and clawed my way up that ladder very successfully. I was really good at climbing the ladder. I was in retrospect, I didn't consciously know this at the time, but attempting to receive my dad's love and make him proud. Like, look, dad, look at many people I'm managing. Look at my bank account. Look at my title and all those things. And long story short, I was at a startup for about four years and had a lot of success there and became a director managing a 20 person team by age, I think it was 31. So I felt like, wow, I've kind of reached the top of the proverbial mountain in many ways. Like this is it, this is what happiness is, whoa. And felt very quickly that the view up there was not all it was cracked up to be and just had this feeling of, is this all there is? And in tandem with that, I had called my dad, right? I'm like, dad, I got this promotion. And she's so proud. Aren't I the best daughter? And he replied, that's so great, Emily. I'm so proud of you. And that was it. Yeah. And I was, I think, expecting some effusive <laughs> yeah. confirmation of my worthiness as a daughter, as a human. And at that moment, I, that's when it started to unravel what I had been spending my life doing, just hustling, proving, pleasing. And did not know this was about to happen, but resigned from my job, from my my tech startup, went into consulting and I was so excited because I'm like, I'm gonna have time freedom. I'm gonna go work from Bali. It's gonna be amazing. And then COVID hit about two weeks later. <laughs> so that really threw a wrench in my plans. And I ended up quarantining at my parents' house in the very glamorous New Jersey instead of going to Bali. And like many humans, I had a lot of time on my hands during quarantine and was feeling like, okay, consulting is cool, but it's not quite it. And had, you know, multiple dark nights of the soul and existential crises in quarantine, like we all did. And I was like, what do, what do I really desire to do? And this is a true story. It's pretty cool. I found a notebook in my parents' house in the basement during quarantine from when I was like 21 years old, like a baby. Mm. And in the notebook, it, there was like this bucket list of what I wanted to do with my life. And on it, I wrote, I want to be a coach. And I looked at that, I'm like, it's so funny. What did 21 year old Emily know about anything? I, but I think I had seen like an OG, like Gabby Bernstein. And I was like, whatever she's doing, she's a coach. I want to do that. But then of course I forgot about that desire. I forgot about that dream. It was time to be serious and climb the ladder and make everyone proud. Um, so very quickly after that, I signed up for my coaching certification program and the rest is history. Here we are. <laughs> it's great. And I'm sure that you spent a lot of time coaching people through analysis paralysis. So let's, let's talk about that. How do you define, how do you define analysis paralysis? Ah, uh, 
analysis paralysis is first of all something I used to be very entrenched in because I was in a world right that was very analytical and where being very mind driven was very rewarded so I'm very familiar with it and I would define it as just an inability to make decisions because you're taking in too much input you're taking in too much data you're taking in too many other people's opinions and you're weighing the pros and cons and your worst case scenarioing and like you 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 end up thought looping just spinning around overwhelmed with all of the data you're taking in and therefore unable to move and un unable to make a decision right and i think this is such a blocker right especially as an entrepreneur because you've got to make decisions and move quickly so for me i experienced a lot of analysis paralysis when i first launched my business a little over three years ago i was like should i do this should i do that yeah. and i was i was crowdsourcing opinions right i'm like what do you think i should do what do you think i should do what do you think and everyone had a different opinion of course so it leads to this total lack of self-trust i think as well because you're constantly looking outside of yourself for uh, the decision to be made by yeah. you know pulling in all this data but again like that's rewarded like in the nine to five world and a lot of our culture it's like you be responsible, weigh all the options, do the pros and cons list, like read every Google article or, you know, and it, of course, the abundance of information we have is so beautiful, right? In this day and age, but I see analysis paralysis, I think probably more prevalent in so many because of that abundance of information yeah. more, and, and just more, wanting more choice, right? More decision. Yeah. More, more information to evaluate. And, you know, analysis paralysis can affect us whether it's what we're deciding what to have for breakfast, you know, we talked about your <laughs> breakfast today, or it could be something like a major life decision, right? You know, what yeah. you, you moved from New York to Mexico city. Like that's a, that's a big decision, right? Yeah. Um, but ultimately you use the information you had to make the, the best decision that you can. Right. Yes. You, you find that maybe some people, you know, whether it's lunch or, or moving or a career change or even a relationship, uh, self-confidence plays a big role in like making these decisions. Like the, how, how, how much does that factor in? I think hugely. I think, I think it's self-trust more than confidence. I think it's trusting yourself to have your own back and to make decisions that are in alignment with what you desire to experience and create in life. Yeah, And I think you build self-trust and that ability to trust like your, your instincts and you're like, okay, right, I think this is the decision that should be made. And you build that ability to trust that voice and that knowing over time, yeah. it's like something you, you practice, right? Like we mentioned breakfast here. So I always say like, when you're really like locked in the quicksand of analysis paralysis, one of, I think the most powerful ways you can start attacking it is forcing yourself to make these small decisions quickly, right? Like the breakfast or, you know, my sister, she, we talk about this a lot. Like growing up, she was very locked in analysis paralysis. Like, what should I like, you know, 40 minutes, like deciding what to eat or like we're at the store and she's 30 minutes deciding what mascara to buy. And it's like those like small moments. I think we can start to build the muscle and train ourselves and like, let's make a decision now. Cause then when the bigger moments come along, yeah. right. We'll be a little more versed. And I think it just comes down to as well, like, right, we have these, this voice in our head, right? That's like never stopping. It's always chattering. It's always like this and this, and you worrying about this. And um, I read something recently about 
neuro neuroscience says we have something like 60,000 thoughts a day and like 80, 80% of them are limiting. They're anxiety driven, worry driven, regret, future tripping, obsessing over the past. And so it's like one of those things, if we listen to the voice in our head, that those 60,000 thoughts a day, like, of course, we're going to be completely overwhelmed, right? So to me, a big part of it too, is starting to create spaciousness around that voice that's always chattering, always running. <laughs> well, I think that happens a lot, right? We have, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and there's stress and there's fog to a point where we can't have the clarity to make the right decisions. So yeah, my question to you is, I mean, how do, what advice do you give to your clients or people out there? Uh, how to get themselves in the right state of mind to make decisions. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I have a few things I want to say on this one. So I think starting to get out of analysis paralysis, a big part of it is getting really clear on your goals and your values and your desires, because that gets to be the lens that we make decisions through, like in each domain of our lives, like whether it is you know, we're talking about food analysis paralysis because we're hungry, right? But like That's getting really time. clear on what that looks like for you. What are what are your values and goals when it comes to your body and nutrition? Like that informs the decision you make. And that like when you're really clear on what the desired outcome is, then it that's the lens, right? Or getting really clear on like your values in business or in relationship and or in how you want to, you know, spend your vacation. I know that's something a lot of people get into the analysis paralysis about. She's like, where should I go? Or uh, in entrepreneurship, right? There's so many opportunities for analysis paralysis. So I think there too, the opportunity as well is get really clear what is important to you. What is your goal? What is your desire? So then when you're presented with this like influx of information, you're able to make a decision with that lens. Yeah. Um, and I, this is a huge one for me that I've been dropping into very deeply the past year is the the body, using the body to make decisions because the body has so much wisdom that the mind could never have. And they say our intuition, right? Lives in the body. So it's like, I started to do this dropping in when I'm, I know, cause I still notice myself at times getting like, what should I do? Oh no, like yeah. ping ponging back and forth in my brain. So I listen to my body. I'm like, does this, how does this feel? Does this feel powerful? Or does this feel like I'm, my body's collapsing? Does this feel like an energizing decision or can I feel it right now? Like draining my energy. Will this feel good to have done? And yeah. listening to that, like using that as a sense of um, as a source of input when making a decision. And honestly, that has really helped simplify things for me because we can spiral around in our minds and forever. Right. So to me, that's been like the final gatekeeper in a decision. I was like, how does this feel? I'll just close my eyes for a few seconds. Think it through. Like imagine doing that thing. Feel, does it feel powerful? Do I expand or do I collapse? So that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. And then I think another thing that has been really supportive is watching my language around how I describe things because we are ling linguistic beings, right? And so I noticed when I would say, this is a really big decision. This is really important. You know, everything is hinging on this. Then I would create so much anxiety <laughs> that would then only fuel the analysis paralysis. So I, I, been watching and I support my clients through this as well. Like, how can we reframe that? Right. Like if it's like, mm, there's a big money, you know, conversation in, right. in your business, it's like, oh my God, this is so important. Ah, 
Or can we look at it as, hmm, wow, this is a bigger number than I've been experiencing before. Like, this is exciting. Wow. Like, I and shift your language. And when we shift our language and the narrative, that tends to also impact the experience and decrease the anxiety that really, yeah, fuels analysis yeah. paralysis. Um, and then the other thing I would love to say, and I know you know I'm an advocate for this, but is just to really start embracing that courageous, messy, imperfect action and knowing that we often cannot think ourselves to clarity. It often comes with taking action, small action, yeah. even like just to start getting feedback of like, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Start to test the waters and create clarity that way versus I'm not going to make any decision or take any action until I have the complete roadmap laid out or I have every aspect of this decision at hand um it you know played out so I think that's huge like action creates clarity that's one of the pillars of my coaching and so I work with a lot of women who are launching their businesses and coming from corporate and very in analysis paralysis and they're used to well we don't act right that's what we're taught we don't take action until we have the plan approved by our CEO so, <laughs> so they're like waiting for the the plan to be all laid out before they move. And I'm like, we're going to get clarity as we start moving. Clarity emerges, emerges through movement. I'm a big believer in that. Well, I mean, I have a few things to say to that. You know, I've recently had to make a business decision um, and it's taking me three months or it shouldn't take me three months. And similar to what you, how you work with your clients at my business, my, my, my uh, business coach also, oh. uh, told me that, you know, it's told me, Hey, you're making this a bigger decision than it is. Right. <laughs> and I, and that really stuck with me. And it's like, she's right. Like, it's really not that big of a decision I need to. And it's the language that I use behind the decision. And I gave her all these excuses why I didn't make the decision. <laughs> and she <laughs> you know, called me out on it, obviously, to a point where it made me realize that, Hey, I just need to move forward. I need to take action. So, and I, some of it, I love some of it, your coach. Yeah, I mean, some of it, sometimes when it comes to business, like we let emotions kind of get in the way of our decisions. And like you said, we're not, we're not listening to our gut. We're not listening to our body. And uh, we get strung up on these different conflicts that, and make something out of nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what we're hardwired to do as humans. Like we're, yeah. That's our biology. We're hardwired to look for problems and to right. constantly be risk assessing. Yeah. That's our reptilian brain. Like it's trying to protect us and it's gotten us from cavemen, you know, surviving and hunting in the bushes, yeah. like looking for danger to where we are as a species now. And it's so it's been very valuable, but it's not as valuable, right? When you're operating in a, a world that actually is quite safe. Yeah. And so our tendency to catastrophize and worst case scenario, and this is a big deal is not particularly useful. And so I love what your coach said as well. Yeah. Like, let's stop making this, let's stop making a mountain out of a molehill. Oh, exactly and so further to that point, I mean, you know, something like lunch shouldn't take us 40 minutes to decide. Right. But yeah, maybe a major business decision should take four months to decide. How do we, I mean, do you have advice for people on how, what's the, what's the appropriate amount of analysis <laughs> paralysis? 
I love that question so much. I think, yes, I think we need to recognize there are certain decisions that get to take a longer period of time. I would challenge you on four months of being <laughs> the next, yeah, the next. Like I, maybe- last year, I, you know, last year I closed down one of my businesses and it was, it was a business I was working on for 10 years. It took wow. me, it, it took me, it probably took me a few years to get to that point to like decide But it really, you know, and I was like you managing a lot of different people. So it meant like having to let go fire all these people that are like, mm. you know, and it's not like, let's say we had 50 employees. It's not just 50 employees. It's 50 employees plus their family. So we had oh. a lot of people that were feeding, right? You know, yeah. luckily at the time, like a lot of them were able to get back on their feet, but it was, it was, a, it was not only a, a business decision. It was also an emotional decision Oh, because gosh. the numbers told us the story, right? The number told you, okay, it's no doubt. That's it. Time's done. <laughs> Time to move on. But it was hard, right? Because it's, yeah. it's your ego. Um, and, you know, obviously something you work really hard and, 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 and big part of your life to have to kind of move on. Just, you know, similar to you, like you work your way up the ladder, you work so hard to get to the top, you achieved your goal, but it wasn't enough. You know, you, it was, it wasn't for you anymore. Like Mm. now it's time to make that big decision and, uh, to, to kind of move on from that. So I think people don't make these big major decisions because of the fear of failure, right? It's like, You know, when it comes to entrepreneurship, I think, what, nine out of 10 businesses fail in the first six months or so. Um, Oh, that's a sobering one. (laughs) I think I remember that from when I was thinking of becoming an entrepreneur and that that's such a famous one. I had forgotten the exact percentage, but that was one of those things that really prevented me from wanting to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, well, I mean, either either people lose their motivation because starting a new business is challenging. You know that like starting a a base of, it's not like you start coaching and have all these clients. It takes time. No, even though that's how it's portrayed online. (laughs) I could rant about that forever because yeah, I mean, launching your own business is really, really challenging. It's, I think we talked about this. It's shadow work. It's existential crises. It's, overwhelm with all the you know different pathways you can go down because it's no longer like your CEO or your boss telling you this is what's happening it's like you're calling all the shots and it's so overwhelming and it's it really makes you question yourself I think something that has I've seen to be true is I think a lot of us fall in love with the idea of entrepreneurship you know the idea of being at the top of the mountain and having the time freedom and the income and whatever it is that we're fantasizing and about. And that is portrayed online as entrepreneurship. That's what it is. I mean, that's what I thought it was when I got started. (laughs) But I think it's like, we get to fall in love with the climb towards who, who we become as we're climbing towards that goal. And so for me, that was like a huge shift of, instead of being like, I'm idolizing getting on the top of the mountain, it's like falling in love with the climb and the the human I'm becoming as I climb and all the pieces of me being revealed and falling away and all my shadows coming up to be looked at like that's entrepreneurship (laughs) getting over my analysis paralysis to bring it back to our topic (laughs) yeah I think it's information right like I think when even when it comes to these businesses like having the proper information is key and that's really what it comes down to is once you have the right amount of information 
make the decision and yeah. and live with the consequences, right? Exactly. If it's a mistake. It was a mistake. But, you know, you and I talked about Ralph Stedman's quote, and you brought it up. There's no such thing as a mistake, really. It's just an opportunity to do something else. So talk about that. I mean, I know you're a big proponent of that. Like, there's oh. no such thing, especially if you're listening to your gut, you're making a decision, educated choice based on what feels right. How do you interpret that quote? Oh, it's one of my, I actually didn't know he was the man that said that. It was something I, they taught us in our, our certification program, but I was being, I, had to look, uh, I had to look it up. I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> and I love that my, my coaching program did not credit him as the originator of the quote. So thank you for illuminating that today. But I, that's one of my life mottos is there are no mistakes, right? There's no such thing as failure. It's just, it's only feedback. It's only learning. It's only growing. It's only tweaking, testing, polishing. It's only redirection. It's only reiterating. And I think when we are so afraid of the mistakes, we are avoiding the lessons. And it, you, again, like this comes back to like the mind, like you can't necessarily, you, you can in a lot of ways, but it truly learning something, truly embodying it. I think it's something you have to do on your own and you can't you know, watch someone on Instagram do and learn like from their mistakes is like, I think a lot of it is like messing around, getting messy. How messy can you get your hands and yeah. learn those lessons and training yourself and building your gifts or your messaging or your magic, whatever it is, like as you get messy and as you quote unquote, fuck it up. Cause I really don't believe that it's actually possible. Cause I always say this, when you look back, right all the times you thought it was the most grievous error you could have made. So often we're like, I see now, I see why it had to happen in that way. It was painful. It sucked. I got hurt. Other people got hurt. It was embarrassing, like whatever it is, but I get it now. And I wouldn't have that knowing had I not again, quote unquote, made that mistake. Yeah. Um, I just, it's, I love when I make a quote unquote mistake because then I'm it, it's hardwired into my my body and my mind that knowledge. Yeah. I and, think I think too often people dwell over their mistakes and they let it linger. And I've learned through the years, right? Especially running a business. It's like you make these decisions, you live with the consequences, you made an educated decision, didn't work out for you, move on, you learn from it, right? And then you won't make yeah. this decision again. Um and you know, in a way, we kind of believe in like some of it is luck, right? Sometimes our decisions require luck because there's things that are under not under our control. And, you know, we kind of maybe trust in our destiny. Uh, you know, you and I talked about one of our favorite movies by chance is Sliding Doors. And this topic really brought us to that, you know, the the without really getting into the, the whole movie, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, I forget her name. She, uh, she Oh she, no, what was her name? <laughs> what was her name? How are we both forgetting it? This is crazy. Well, the point is she misses she misses uh the train in one sequence, and it's basically two movies in one, and it's 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 showing her your her life if she misses the train versus not misses the train. And something really small, like being a few seconds late to a train changed the trajectory of her life. And when you think about it, like that that ha probably happens to us on a daily basis, right? Like mm. you, you hear about people missing 
planes that crash and oh. are, you know, being split seconds away from a fatal car crash. Um, and these things happen all the time and we don't think about it, right? Like running into the right person, the right time could change our lives. Um, mm. And that plays a role in, in our decision-making too, right? Like being at the right place. So, you know, how much of that is, is just fate in your opinion, like making these, mm. how much does that affect us? Oh, I love that you're asking this. I, I am of the belief there is a greater plan beyond what I, my conscious human mind is able to see and able to, you know, I, cause I only, Emily only has this very narrow perception of the grand cosmic dance that is life. And so my conscious mind, my ego is always judging. This is right. This is wrong. This should have happened. This shouldn't have happened. This person's wrong. This person's right. You're good. You're bad that, you know, all these judgments. Right. But I don't have enough information to actually understand why certain things happen the way they do. Um, so I'm again, like looping it back, like I'm a believer that's where our intuition comes into play. So we can be drawn to the places and people and situations that we are meant to come into contact with. Yeah. And so like when, again, when we're in this dance of life in this chaos, it's like, to me, the order is brought when we like join the dance right. by listening to that little voice that we all have but that we've been conditioned in this society that prizes the mind and logic only. And it has to be a logical decision. So many of us have shut it down and we don't listen. And I think when we can start tapping into that, that is when people start to speak about things like synchronicities and miracles happening. And it does seem like magic, right? But it's, I think what the, this existence is magic, right? It's crazy when we <laughs> really examine the nature of life and that we're all here and this fiery ball of you know sp- hurling through space and time it gets wild yeah and so i believe we do have access to dropping into like starting to follow these little breadcrumbs and these little i call them like little love notes from the universe like ooh, like that let me follow that um because it, yeah it's like i don't know enough who am i to say that was what was meant to happen or wasn't meant to happen right you know, I witnessed my mind constantly judging things and constantly saying that was wrong. This shouldn't have happened to me. My my power shouldn't have gone out you know, on Monday. But you know, like I was saying earlier, I, I, my power went out in my building. I was I was annoyed. My ego was this is wrong. This really messed up my day. I have to reschedule these calls. And then I ended up having this truly magical experience of falling asleep with candles on watching the most majestical majestic you know, thunderstorm lightning storm unfold over mexico city and i felt so in my body and i had little goosebumps running up and down my body it was just pure magic and you know but it but my mind was like this is wrong i'm behind on the 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 work week now because my wi-fi was out you know <laughs> and i just want you said something earlier too about mistakes and something that's coming up for me there is yeah, we can then be like, oh, I made this mistake. I'm so this, I'm so that, uh, should, you know, regret, anxiety. But it's like, it, it truly is, I think, every time you make something that feels like the wrong turn. Yeah. Like, challenge yourself to to rewrite the narrative. Like, what did I learn here? How did I grow here? Why did this happen? Yeah. Because the narrative we ascribe to an experience impacts the experience. So if we believe this was a terrible mistake, this is the end of the world, that will be our experience. 
But if we can train ourselves to when the shit hits the fan in life to look for the lesson, look for the gold, look for the gift, like that, I think we start to become pretty like, you know, you can't mess with me (laughs) (laughs) when you can start alchemizing that. Yeah. Imagine we just take the word mistake out of our vocabulary. Like imagine how much that will shift our mindset and be able to like, look to the positive, right? Like we talked about intuition and, 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 and positive manifestation, you know, a little bit about that, but literally, you know, I've done over 30 podcasts and I would say at least half of my podcasts, we've talked about intuition. Like that's really, that's the answer to a lot of life's questions, right? Just listen to your intuition. It, yeah. And I am a, coming from a very analytical mind-driven background and my dad is extremely logical and rational like (laughs) to to, to a fault and I I just I was brought up feeling like that word intuition was for the woo-woo people and it was for the people that like run around and like the hippies and they're doing like psychedelics it's just I just I thought it was bullshit and I thought it was just it wasn't real but I think so many so many of us now that come from a more <laughs> traditional mind-driven background are starting to experience the magic of intuition and that that universal guidance that yeah. is actually always there but we it's like anything if you ignore it for long enough the voice gets quieter and quieter and a big part of my journey since i became an entrepreneur has been rebuilding that relationship with my intuition because i yeah. i i actively shut it down actually like very aggressively especially in the last few years of my nine to five because I had this intuitive voice saying there's something else you're not meant to be doing this anymore yeah like and like did, I said earlier is this yeah. all there is and I I didn't want to listen to it yeah so I was like our mind tells us it doesn't make sense yes it didn't so make sense if it doesn't had, make sense then how do we how do we compute that you know it's yeah hard. yeah it didn't make sense it I had everything laid out for me. I had it all in the bag, like buttoned up. Like it was, it was exactly what I'd worked my whole life for, but it, that voice wouldn't go away. And then I would try and numb it. Yep. Yeah. I, I think a lot of, you know, with this phenomenon of numbing, right. We, as a culture, whether it's TV or scrolling or drinking or shopping or whatever it is, I'm actually of the belief. A lot of that is avoiding and numbing that that voice and because it, it's conflicting with the mind's idea of how life should be and what's unfolding and yeah, yeah like I used to use you know that it's martini o'clock let's go have a martini and like numb that voice out because that's inconvenient this voice does not fit in with my plan does not fit in with me checking all the boxes and making daddy proud <laughs> and making everyone you know on LinkedIn go wow look at Emily go like it, my ego was like no you want to go back to ground zero and start a whole new career and give up everything? everything. Why would you do that? Yeah. 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 I had the same experience. I mean, I'm 45 years old and I'm basically starting a new career. And a lot of my friends are like, how? I mean, they're, they're very supportive and they're very happy that I was able, but they just can't understand how could somebody rebuild it you know, advanced age at 45. Oh, oh shut up. <laughs> no, but when it, comes, when it comes to career that, I mean, I'm not old, but when it comes to career, that's like yeah. start over. Like, you know, a lot of us have put in a lot of, you know, you put a lot of work into building what you did. Right. And to, you feel like, you know, you know and there's a poker term, uh, 
pocket vested, you know, or like, you know, you're, you've, you've put in so much into the, into the pot, pot, you know, that you're invested so much in the pot that you can't leave. Like you put in too much. Right. Yeah. Um, Or like the sunk cost, or I can't remember. There's some other phrase I'm thinking of too. Yeah. Yeah, You've put too much in. Committed. Sorry. Pot committed is the word. (laughs) Like you put so much money in and then now like, you know, obviously the odds, odds have a lot to play in poker. I think, you know, poker resembles life a lot, but that's a different topic for another show. Um, <laughs> you, have, you know, when it comes to like, just listen to your intuition and, and, and playing your, your number, like based on the information you have, like make a decision. Yeah. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And, and if you make quote unquote, a mistake, you, you know, you learn from it. There, there's something positive will come from it. Mm, yeah I love what you just said there because it's like it's acting on the information you have now the knowing you have now right and then understanding the action you take can only create further clarity for you right and but just just by the way I'm in massive celebration of you for your bravery like I know you have a family right so for me it was like a little easier because I'm just me (laughs) so that's bravery that's courage more gray hairs and a lot more stress you know but (laughs) You know, it took a while. It's a process, right? It took a while to like, you know, you got to go through like grieving and like dealing with certain things and then figuring out, okay, what's the goal? And I'm very much a goal oriented person, right? And for me, you brought this up, right? Like when it comes to any decision, at the end of the day, you have to understand whether it's food, right? When you, If it's food, you're like, how, how, if I eat this food, how is it going to make me feel, right? If you think that mm-hmm. far along, you'll make a better decision. But all too often, we'll just eat whatever is in front of us that looks the best, not understanding, okay, what is it going to do to my body? What is it going to do to my well-being, right? So same thing when it comes to career, right? If we're making a career decision, we have to understand the implications. Does it align with our future goals? Does it align mm. with our vision for ourselves? And then make that decision with more information and a little bit more of a clarity as far as what's going to happen. So I think that's really like I would say, you know, planning is a very important part of of making decisions. You know, if for instance, if you know, when we talk about food constantly, like if we have a meal plan, <laughs> right? If you had a meal plan, you would always eat healthy right? Because you already planned it out. Like you've made a decision when you're in the right state of mind. When we're extremely hungry, we will make a poor decision. And the longer we take to make that decision, the more hungry we may get and the poorer decision we tend to make. So Mm. it's like, you know, we get to that analysis paralysis. And, you know, I talk about food because that's what I could relate to the most. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have the best lunch ever today. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, you might have to decide what I eat for lunch because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting too hungry to make a decision. Well, no, but that's actually a really good point. I think we had talked about this is like, because we keep talking about intuition and the body and the intuition rely residing in the body and so i think that is a huge piece too when we're making decisions is to make sure we're in the right frame of mind right like i know if i have not slept well it's not going to be the best day for everyone and to (laughs) and to not make any big decisions or i you know and so to me it's and it's been a big shift actually, because my lifestyle, I lived in New York city for most of my adult life. You know, it was very work hard, play hard. Like I mentioned martinis, that's the norm. Like let's go. But it's like really keeping my body not clean. I don't want to sound like I'm like, my my body is a temple, but like I live, like I'm telling you about my mole and my tortillas that I'm having for, 
but it's it's honoring my body and keeping my body in a really good place and you know physical movement every day and getting good sleep so i am in that frame of mind to make decisions right. as they arise and I think actually, this is just a clicking moment for me, light bulb moment, maybe part of why I was stuck in so much analysis paralysis when I was in New York City in the nine to five is my body didn't feel good a lot of the time because I was not sleeping. I was drinking too much. I was just like not honoring myself. And so I think when you feel like, ugh, that it can be really difficult to, you have that brain fog and you feel anxious and it can just make everything seem so much worse and it quiets that that voice, that knowing. So I think taking care of your body and whatever that means to you uniquely is really important. And ultimately you weren't happy, right? So I was miserable, but I pretended I was happy. Right, so you weren't truly happy and the decision that you made helped you get to a point where you're like actually happy. Yeah, I mean, I was- It was, I'm I'm sure it was stressful to get to this point but and it, it took work it's not easy no it has been really difficult and my ego did not like that we gave up you know the title and this you know that the boxes right but stability it, yeah and it but it was like i was safe and suffering yeah and i was blessed to be in a place where i wasn't responsible for other human lives like <laughs> i don't have any children so you know we all have different risk tolerances i always say that as well when it comes to making big decisions and I think that's a big part of it too, is getting to know your risk tolerance. And if you're you know, looking after a family, that might be look very different than my my risk tolerance. And yeah, you know, like some people, like I'm gonna bring this back to leaving the nine to five, but some people you fling themselves off the cliff and they're like, let's fucking go, let's figure it out. And that's their their risk tolerance. They can actually like their body, their nervous system can hold that. But some people it it needs to be slower. And there's no shame in that game. There's no shame in like gradually building your business on the side right while you're in the nine to five or whatever it is like it's just getting to know your system and like because we also you don't want to when you're making big bold decisions you don't want to completely blow out your nervous system and you overwhelm yourself like you want to feel a certain level of safety but at the same time like (laughs) fortune favors the bold and then (laughs) the universe like I, i i'm a big believer in that rewards like big decisive decisions but that does not mean being reckless by any means. Right. Yeah. Not making rash decisions, making educated decisions, making sure you have the appropriate amount of time, but not to string it along, not to string it along long, longer than it needs to be. Yeah. We just need to just jump. Yeah. And I think it's like when, like you said earlier, it took, I think you said many months to make that decision. And then, you know, maybe, I don't know the situation, maybe that was the exact perfect amount of time. Yeah. Like, but it's like just being honest with ourselves. It's like, what am I, why am I waiting? Do I really need more time? What is more time going to give me? How is that going to give me further clarity? What what exactly am I waiting for with more time? Or what is the information I still need to collect? Yeah. And is there a cost to me delaying that decision? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we've learned a lot today. You've taught me a lot today. Um, oh, you've taught me a lot. I love this conversation so so much. I love it because it does impact me a lot. And you know, I'm I'm currently in the process of making some decisions that are taking me longer than it it, it needs to be. And so I think this is helping me like kind of get over that. So I appreciate that. Thank you. You've taught me that. Um, one thing <laughs> that I ask all my guests. You know, and it doesn't have to be analysis paralysis. I know you have a lot to teach a lot of people, but what is one thing that you want to teach the world? Oh, 
until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. That famous Carl Jung quote, it always sends shivers down my spine and has been the, the if I could title this chapter of my life the past three and a half years, that would be the title of the chapter. Because yeah. <laughs> like to, I, I, my number one value is freedom and understanding that I was living so unconsciously and I thought I was in control, but it was so much of my unconscious subconscious programming that was calling the shots. And so bringing light to that and shining light on what was used to be in the shadows to me has been, I mean, it hasn't been pretty to face some of this stuff. Right. But to me, it's been the true freedom. Yeah. I think being aware, right. Like being, being aware of our emotions is the first step and there's, we have so many tools in front of us to be able to achieve that, to get the clarity, mm. to yeah. make the right decisions and to do the right things that are better and help improve our lives. So, yeah, no, they always say like awareness is the first step to any change. And we live, you know, I, we talked earlier about the overwhelm of information, but it's also just the most beautiful time to be alive in terms of the access we have to the most incredible teachers, the wisdom, the knowledge, the tools yeah. that are available for free. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's amazing. Like I I contemplate that on a daily basis. I'm like, what? So lucky I have access to this. Yeah. (laughs) Just, just, uh, just for the fact that we're able to communicate here, you know, you're in another country. Yeah. We're able to connect and have this, you know, relate to each other. Like you have, I mean, I lived in New York for a few years. We've had a lot of similar experiences in life. So, you know, it's, so it's, it's great that we are able to connect from so far away. But we never would have met if it hadn't never. been for Instagram. So we co- I complain about Instagram all the time, but I'm also so grateful for it because yeah. I get to meet amazing humans like you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And we, 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 if we, and we talked about this, right? Like the people we learn inspire us and learning from other people's experience really help us like grow. And whether it's meeting somebody on Instagram or listening to their podcast or reading their book, uh, you know, they can change our lives. Is there a book that, you know, calls out at you at you at this point that might have like changed your life or changed the trajectory of your life that helped mm. you be who you are oh. is, there, is there is there one that stood out oh there's so many but <laughs> a book that I really really loved was have you heard of the untethered soul Mm-mm. by Michael Singer no it just such a beautiful book such a it's like poetry but it also just like stabs you in the heart in the best possible way like each page and it's just about like letting life move through you and letting life happen and getting into that kind of cosmic dance of life that we talked about earlier and it's just it's my sister actually just bought a copy and is reading it and I'm like I'm gonna have to grab it because I am like overdue for a reread of that book it is yeah, just some of those books where you really contemplate the great mystery yeah. of this existence, but like in a really like practical way too. Like my conscious mind really liked that book as well. <laughs> and it's very relevant to our topic, right? Just yeah, let things happen as they should, and believe in believe yeah. destiny, faith, and yeah, it's like listen to let, your intuition. Let life move through you, and like the those kind of like energy blockages we get, like with each thing we take on that we're like, this is terrible. Let me obsess about this, or this happened right. to me. Let me fly into my victimhood, and you know that weighs us down more and more and more. And this book, to me, again, my my value of freedom. Like to me, this book really teaches you about emotional and energetic freedom. Yeah, fantastic. 
So uh, I know you're pretty active on Instagram. How do, how do people <laughs> follow you? <laughs> you can come say hi, follow me on Instagram, shoot me a DM. I would love to connect with you. It's Emily Oriana Todd. All right. And we'll flash that in the in detail show notes. So grab that. Um, I have to go figure out what to have for lunch now. Uh, so. I'm so excited to hear what you decide <laughs> <laughs> and how long but, it takes you. <laughs> but I had uh, so much fun. The time just flew. I, know. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. And, uh, you know, just like that sliding door, I'm sure that this will like change the trajectory of my life. Ah. Uh. Oh, let's, let's contemplate that. Yes. <laughs> What's going to happen because of this conversation? That butterfly effect. <laughs> butterfly effect. That's, right. mm -hmm. That's another movie I need to watch again. Oh, yes. Let's make that part of our movie. <laughs> our movie night this weekend. Game on. <laughs> Game on. Game on. <laughs> All right, Emily. Thank you so much for your time. This was fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I loved this conversation so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely agree. And I want to remind everybody, like, follow, share, help us spread the word. Take care, Emily. <laughs> you too.